What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take a closer look at unlimited data plans, and you'll see they're not always upfront with their prices. Not at T-Mobile. Get unlimited data with taxes and fees already included. And right now, get four lines of unlimited data while on our network for just 40 bucks each per month with AutoPay. So go ahead, take a closer look, and you'll see nobody does unlimited like T-Mobile. Don't wait. Hurry into a T-Mobile store or call us at 1-800-T-MOBILE and switch today. Top 3% of data users over 32 gigs a month may notice reduced speeds. I'm excited that everybody's doubting us, and everybody's doubting. James Johnson turnover, Carl Landry. Here's McLemore. Whoa, with a throwdown. McLemore throws it down. Cousins with the rebound is dropped. Cousins. Full out of stage. Look out, Paul. Welcome to the Cowbell Kingdom Podcast. I'm Vince Miracle. Joining me as always is the one and only, the one guy who likes to give a little shake a doodle do, Daniel Humphard. <laughs> Daniel, how you doing today, sir? Uh, doing well. Um, how you doing, Vince? How's your day, man? Oh, let's see. I am still recovering from my surgery, and I'm now back at work. And I got went to the King season opener, and they lost. So I guess overall... I'm about, yeah, not too good, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna say I'm a, I'm a five. I could always be better, could always be better. Yeah. But as of right now, I'm about a five. If you had to give us a grade, one, right. one to ten, how where are you? Uh, well, I mean, if you're going with a five, I guess I'll just price this right that ass and go with six. Just um, <laughs> <laughs> one over. Uh, hey, you know, like, you're, you're really honest about uh, when people ask you how you're doing. Like when last week when Scott Howard Cooper asked you how you're doing, and you're like, hey man, I'm just I'm really happy to be alive, above ground and breathing. <laughs> and I was like, damn, like this is feeling pretty mortal, man. Like he's feeling uh he, he's going through an existential crisis. But uh, uh, I didn't know that you had uh, just come out of surgery or whatever. So I guess that explains a lot. But um, well, it was also th- no man. It was, uh, it was also Thursday service in the hospital, so I felt very spiritual, and, <laughs> oh, gotcha. and so I just felt like you know it's great to be breathing today. And I, I thought Scott, yeah. I thought Scott had to know how I was feeling. I felt like it was amazing to breathe. <laughs> huh, that's cool. I'll I'll, I'll got to try some of those breathing techniques maybe when I next time I do yoga. I do yoga like once every two years. So uh, I think maybe maybe coming up. Who knows? This is bad. <laughs> anyway, whatever. 
Let's move on. Let's talk about the Kings and not our lives because that's what people tune in. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Well, as we both know, the Sacramento Kings fell short 104 to 111 to the LA Clippers last night. We're doing the show on a Thursday, records on Thursday, comes out on a Friday. Man, it was a hard fought game. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. The Kings found a way to come bent back because of their bench but still could not get over that final hump to take over the win. Actually, they did get the lead at one point in the fourth quarter, and, and the crowd was cheering and yeah. pumping. I was there. I was I was around a big group of people that were super excited. But, again, it fell short at the end. What were some of the big takeaways you took away from it, Daniel? Uh, well, like you mentioned, it was a bummer they couldn't pull out the win. Uh, I mean, just to start off the game, my, my first – I have some notes here. My first note was uh, the Clippers uniforms are hella ugly. Like, there's got to be the ugliest uniforms in the league. That uh, logo, yeah. though? But, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's terrible. But um, it's the Clippers, and uh, we'll get into this later, but DeMarcus Cousins hates the Clippers. I hate the Clippers. So I'm glad they have ugly uniforms. It, it, matches, it matches them. It fits them very nicely. Having said all that, uh, damn, they look for real. Like the the Clippers, uh, they look super good. That's, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make some. Obviously, they're gonna make the playoffs and make some noise. But um, I think they, they, I think they're gonna go further this year than they did last year. And uh, they they look good out there. So you know, not to not to take anything away from them because you got to give credit where it's due. Even though I hate to, because I don't like that team. But um, they look good. And uh, so. Just the fact that the Kings could kind of hang in there and even take the lead at the fourth quarter, especially after that horrible, horrible, sluggish, sloppy start, was very encouraging to me. I mean, did they lose? Yeah. Does that suck? Yes. Uh, not not really a heartbreaker in in a sense, but uh, it, it was. It sucked. Like you, you obviously we want the Kings to win, but at the end of the night, man, I think there are a lot of good things to take away from that game because the Clippers. They look good. They're gonna do. They're gonna do a lot this year. And the fact that the Kings could get off to such an ugly start and still hang with them and even take the lead in the fourth, I think is a credit to what we're gonna see from the team coming together. And of course, it's early on, a bunch of new guys, and uh, so you expect some sloppiness to start out with. You expect some turnovers, but the ones that were unforced, um, it, to me, it's kind of it, it went beyond these guys don't know how to play together yet to a point where I was wondering, man, I think there's kind of like jittery, maybe some, maybe some first game nerves or some first game rust. Maybe the, the 10 days off didn't help them as much as I was hoping it would. But, uh, but by the end of the fourth or, you know, in the fourth quarter, I think these guys started figuring it out, playing really well. And as you said, that bench, I mean, whereas last year the bench would cost them the game. This season, we're already seeing a change where, hey, the bench brought them back into the game. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was one of those things, too, when I was watching the game play out. It it was heartbreaking in the sense that it was their final time, their final season opener in the kingdom once known as Arco Arena, now Power Balance Pavilion, and, and today, Sleep Train Arena. So it's it was heartbreaking in the sense that they couldn't win that final one. But at the same time, the season opener, when they came here, they lost. So it was... I guess it you you started the same way you left, but it 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 was it was very interesting. The first half was completely night and day difference from what happened in the second half. It well, b- big takeaways that I took away was that Darren Collison got more minutes. 
I, I just wrote about it. You guys can read about it on Cowboy Kingdom. Biggest takeaway is that you did see the depth. The depth was there. Karan Butler came in when Rudy Gay got four fouls. It surprised me that I believe he was actually the first one off the bench before Omer Caspi to replace him. And then you saw guys like Darren Collison when Rajon Rondo and the ball seemed to be sticking in his hands and the ball movement really wasn't there. Darren Collison came in with Marco Bellinelli, and that changed very, very quickly. Ben McLemore became invisible in his 20 minutes that he played, and it looked like Marco Bellinelli was meant to be on the court and shoot a basketball because even if he's just chucking up shots, the assumption is that ball is going in the hole. And how awesome is that to say when you haven't really been able to say that about a Kings player in a very long time, probably since Peja. So to see that the the bench is deep, this team is deep. Costa Kufis, uh, I, I believe I heard as of today, is actually going to be coming off the bench tomorrow against against the Lakers, or I guess today against the Lakers. And Willie Cauley-Stein is actually going to be getting his first start tonight against the Lakers, which is a which is going to be very interesting to see, but that just stacks even more of the depth of this team on that bench. And, and I'm really excited to see how it came, how it's going to come to fruition because at the same time, when the game was ending, the lineup that you saw on the floor was Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins, Marco Bellinelli, Rajon Rondo, and Darren Collison. That was your starting. That, yep. that was your five to finish out that game and, and to really start that push into coming over that hump. And it, it just seemed like it was a team that just hasn't been there before yet. It, they came back from what was, I believe, a 15-point deficit at one point and brought it down to where they actually had the lead, I believe, 93-92. to 92. And it it became a back-and-forth affair in that fourth quarter. And Darren Collison said it best when he said they really didn't play Kings basketball, or they really didn't, and I'm paraphrasing, but they didn't really play good basketball until the last eight minutes of the game. And he's 100%, I agree. And he's 100% true on that. I think also, and I want to see what you think about think about this too, Daniel. But when they play them again on Saturday, that one mindset, that game plan that there needs to be changed is to put a hand in Blake Griffin's face when he's taking a mid range jump shot. Do you agree? Yeah, I, that's the, Blake Griffin when he first came in the league didn't necessarily have that shot, and now he does, and it's it's. That's tough to guard against. I mean, he's pretty versatile. Versatile, just as Cousins has improved his shots, and she's coming to the league obviously as well. I mean, four out of five three pointers. Holy crap! I didn't see that coming. Uh, but uh, that was that was really cool. That might have been the quietest thirty-two points I've ever seen Cousins have because there was a while during the game, like sure he's hitting those three pointers, but then with all the turnovers and and some of the other things that he wasn't necessarily doing that I wanted to see him do, like go inside a little more. I was getting frustrated with him, but then I, I looked up and it's like, holy crap, he has 32 points, you know, by the end of the game. So he had himself a game and uh, hopefully, I mean, I don't think it's three shot or, or three point shots are going to continue to fall, fall at that rate uh, because nobody's, <laughs> no, nobody's dude, not even guards. But uh, uh, if, if he can even, you know, make, like George Call said, 33% of those, uh, 38% of those, that's going to be amazing. I mean, uh, just to see him do that and go off for the for the four out of five three pointers was was really cool. But back to Blake Griffin, yeah, I mean you got to guard him. He's going to still get points, and and you got to do what you can. But it was interesting to me that George Call a few days ago said he was going to start Willie Cauley Stein, but then in this instance he wanted to start Costa Cooper's because he felt that matchup was better. And I mean he's a Hall of Fame coach, so um, he probably knows better than I do. But at the at the end of the night, I'm like, well, I mean, Willie Cauley Stein's 
probably the most athletic dude on the floor. And so, uh, you know, is, is Kupo's really going to do a better job guarding Blake Griffin? I don't, I don't think so. And I mean, did he? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, so I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, got to, got to, then what happens when you, you guard Blake and I just feel like, uh, you know, probably DeAndre Jordan's going to get open off the screen or, you know, Chris Paul looks so good too. I mean, there were plenty of times where Chris Paul put up a shot and I was like, no way. And then it just went in and it, it felt like little mini daggers along the way. Um, so again, the fact that the Kings could come back and uh, I think Darren Collison hit, hit a shot, which made it 88, 92. And then uh, at that point I was kind of losing my mind. I was standing up, you know, yelling and cheering and, uh, just the fact that they put themselves in this game after getting off to such a rough start was really cool. So it'll be nice to see when they match up again down in L.A. in just a few days uh, and see how that goes. And I wonder if, if Carl will give Willie Cauley-Sign the start or go back to Kufus for that start based on what he did in game one. But I don't know. Yeah, Willie 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 played good in the minutes they did. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a great, you know, rookie debut. He he didn't play much. I believe he only got seven minutes. He had get seven minutes of action. The one play yeah. I did notice though was when they tried to do that alley oop play with Chris Paul to DeAndre Jordan, and he was right there up in the air, hit the ball, and actually made it hit also DeAndre Jordan's fingers, and it actually went out on DeAndre Jordan. The Kings got the ball, so he was there for the minute. I think not necessarily that his athleticism is going to help. But the fact that I think he needs to be there to guard Blake Griffin in the way if they if they're gonna keep running that play for him to take mid range jump shots, but at the same time, Blake Griffin has become so diverse from before when he came in the league. When he first came in the league, he was oh, one yeah. of those guys that was just gonna jump over you and bully past you. And now he's one of those guys that has really worked on his jump shot. And that's that's the one thing I did not like about watching the Kings defense last night was Chris Paul would do the pick and roll, and you would have Costa, or you would have Rudy. Rudy, I think, played the best defense on Blake Griffin towards the end of the game, but I digress. Rudy, Costa, Willie, whoever they put on him would slouch off him a little bit and tempt him into making that shot, bait him into doing it, and he would knock it down the entire night, which made him have the game high of 33 points. So when you're doing that, that completely has to be a game changer. I think what they did... What DeMarcus did in slowing down DeAndre Jordan by drawing so many fouls, I mean, he was in and out of that lineup so fast, and they had to yeah. and they had to turn to Josh Smith. And surprisingly, Josh Smith did a really good job until DeMarcus Cousins showed why he he's a dark horse for MVP. And I have actually a clip from him right now that we're going to listen to about what he feels about the LA Clippers and, and about the night tonight. I think we played terrible. Um, I mean, turnovers killed us, especially on my end. Um, I don't think we really ran well tonight. Uh, I think we could have done. Uh, we could have done a better job of sharing the ball. But uh, even with all that being said, we still had a great chance of winning this game. So, uh, I mean, it just shows the potential is there. The uh, you know the growth of our team is there. We just we got to put everything together and. Um, Still got a lot of learning to do. Still got a lot of growing to do as a team. But um, overall, yeah, it was a decent game. But like I said, we still have a great chance of winning the game. So he hates the L.A. Clippers. And I think it's for reasons like this, where 
he, I, I don't know. It's just from my point of view from seeing it in this way, and you can tell me if you see it the same way as well, but I believe he sees it as this team gets too many calls. And for me personally, there were calls that were missed. I'm one of the mindset of if you want to be an MVP and you're this top-level player, you play through things like that. But it was one of those things where he does, does not like when the whistles aren't blown evenly on both sides. And, I mean, throughout the night, I'm 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 going to be honest. There were many calls in which they w- the refs did not blow it on. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on DeMarcus hating the L.A. Clippers? Is this a new rivalry brewing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm for it. I'm all, I'm all for him hating the Clippers if it were a ballot measure and like vote yes or no on DeMarcus hating the Clippers. Yeah, hate him. I, I don't like him either. And it's not because, oh, they're good or, you know, because there's a lot of teams out there that I really respect and I do like that are good, you know, like the Spurs or, um, uh, you you know, even, even the the Warriors, like they're a pleasure to watch. I don't feel like they're a team that's getting rewarded in a way that the Clippers do. I think the Clippers have a couple of superstars that are notoriously, you know, complaining towards the refs all the time, kind of, kind of, you know, uh, getting get a special treatment in a way. There were times where I saw cousins on, you know, come down the floor and, uh, or, or the Kings were on, on offense. And then uh, I think it was Blake Griffin just comes up and kind of like runs into somebody, which should have definitely been called a foul against him. And then coming back down on the end, but it wasn't. And then coming back down the other side of the court, some ticky tack stuff. And then the rest light up their whistle in favor of Blake Griffin so I get what you're saying. If you want to be an MVP, you want to be the leader of the team, you can't mope around and dwell on this stuff. And I agree. And I think George Carl said it a week or two ago where he doesn't like to see negative emotion displayed on the on the court because it's a sign of weakness. And I get that, and I like that too. And Cousins was a little bit mopey at times for me, uh, but that's what you're going to get with him. And he's still, he's still a young player. He's still figuring it out. I mean, can't question his maturity because it's so much better now than it was, you know, even a year or two ago. Oh, that but, maturity uh, still needs I, to grow, though. Time, that maturity still needs to grow. I understand what you're saying. It's much yeah, better than I what mean, it was, but at the same time, at some point during that time when he's complaining that first half and Josh Smith is on him because DeAndre Jordan's out, he should have been taking advantage of it, and he did not do that until the second half when he found a way to calm down and sure. coming off the bench. And whether that was a George Carl you know, making that decision and putting him in and putting, sitting him down and then putting him back in in those last few minutes. But at the same time, he still fouled out of the game. He still gathered those fouls, and he was the first one to embark. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I was surprised he didn't get a technical for what he, for some of the things that he was yelling. And not, not because I heard what he was saying, but because he he would do stuff in which he would have to turn away. I, I don't know. And I, it could just be me from where I was sitting. And I'm sitting in the top looking down just like everyone else. So your guys is your guys' side on it could be a little bit different from mine. But, again, I'm one of those people that believe at some point it needs to change. You are the one that wants to be a dark horse for an MVP. You're the leader of this team. You're supposed to be the catalyst of this offense, the most vocal person on the court. And But when you're using your voice to yell at a referee who, after they blow the whistle, isn't going to change their mind, it, it's a waste of your energy. Save it for the court. Abuse it into Josh Smith, a guy who cannot – he should not be able to block you over and over again when you're going up with the ball. I, I'm not saying that he can't do it. Josh Smith is a very good defender, but 
There's no way he should be able to stop DeMarcus Cousins. And that's why I'm thinking the maturity level still needs to grow in him. You're 100% right. It's evolved since we since he came into the since he came into the league to now. It's so much better, but there's still a lot of room to grow. And going up against this Clipper team this Clipper team again in just a couple of days from when we're doing this, it's going to have to change. And I think he understands that after after leaving tonight, I believe he understands that because they did not want to lose this final season opener in, in sleep train. No, of course they did, man. I mean, you want to you want to send the old arena out on a uh, on a good note for your for your last opener there. But they'll have the season closer, so hopefully they can do it justice then. Uh, but it's uh, I get what you're saying, you know, and and he does have to not let these things affect him as much as they do. Uh, I'm the type of person where I really have a sense of right, wrong, justice you know, should be dispersed evenly type of thing. So that's part of the reason why I hate the Clippers so much too, is that I just feel like they get away with a little more than uh, than a lot of other teams do. But, um, but you know, having said that, you're right. Put this frustration into action, you know, abuse Josh Smith. And then there was even a point where I kind of thought, like, man, maybe we... this was a fleeting thought, you know, because, I mean, he ended up with 32 and 13. He's a beast. He's a, a damn good player. But there was part of me during the game at one point where I was like, maybe I wish that he hadn't made the all-star game last year so that way he still had that chip on his shoulder. And uh, hearing his post-game comments, obviously he still has the chip and he's going into beast mode and he's still got all those points. But the reason I thought that for even a split second was because of plays where he came down and, and he's huge. And if he had just gone up and just dunked the crap out of the ball into the hoop, the way that he can instead of kind of flipping it up because he got blocked by Austin Rivers. Right? Yeah, but that that's not, so, that was like a rebound, like, and then he came to try to do it again, and Austin Rivers knew exactly what he was doing. You know, it's I get that, and good for Austin Rivers, but at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know. It was just to me, I kind of thought, you know, for one split second, I'm like, man, has he, you know, does he still need that that motivating factor? I mean, I don't think he does. You know, with 32 and 13, and he hates the Clippers. So I mean, the the emotion and the chip and everything is still there, but uh, it just for me for me it took him a while, like you said, until that fourth quarter late in the game where he really started being himself from last year. Uh, so uh, he's got to find that balance, and I'm sure he will. It's the first game of the season, so he's just got to find that balance between being more of a perimeter player and doing what he does so well in the post, which is what makes him unstoppable. And uh, he'll figure out that balance. He's a smart player, so um, I'm encouraged by it. One of the uh, other things I want to bring up real quick is uh, I really liked the Kings intro, uh, acknowledging the national media and, and all the naysayers. I thought that was a nice touch, and uh, I, I, I liked seeing that from the team. And I feel we talked about this a little bit last week, but I feel like this is something that the team can kind of rally around and, and bring them even closer and, and hopefully develop that chemistry sooner. But uh, I, I just wanted to bring that up real quick to the, uh, the the intro before the game, acknowledging all the uh, national media naysayers and whatnot. I thought that was yeah, cool. and, and the Kings have actually been kind of getting a little bit of love approaching this game, saying like there's a lot of people saying, oh, I, I believe the Kings can make the playoffs. I believe you're one of them that believes they can make the playoffs. Uh, no, no one that we spoke to when we did our media roundtable, except for me, I think actually Jason did. Jason believed, Jason Jones for Sacramento B believed, I think the Kings can make the playoffs this year. Uh, I'm not hell-bent on it, but regardless, I think the Kings are hearing that. 
I mean, they they hear everything. They're they're buying into the Suicide Squad thought that they they're not going to work. You just brought it up that they're facing the media on what happened earlier this off season. I agree. It's nice. It's awesome to see that they're embracing it. That they want to beat it. But I also don't want them to start getting the mindset that this is a playoff team. I, they have to come in night in and night out and prove something. And that that every single game, they can't do what they normally do. What we've seen these past nine years, going on ten year drought, possibly. And I'm not saying I, I, again. I want the Kings to make the playoffs. If I sound like a naysayer at all, I'm not. I want the Kings to make the playoffs. But it's been nine years since the Kings have done it, and. If I'm looking at it, their past have shown that they they play at these type of levels for of games against teams like the Clippers, the Spurs. When that when a good team comes around, they'll play up to that level. But when a team like Minnesota, the Lakers, someone come around, and again, this Laker team comes tomorrow, today, if you're listening to it on a Friday, well, it's the day the podcast comes out, so of course you're listening to it on a Friday. But regardless, they play down to that level. <laughs> And we don't want to see that from them this year. I, I think the depth helps with that. I think the leadership helps with that. Karan Butler was a leader on the floor when he did do his minutes. Uh, so I, 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 I don't want them to think that they're an automatic shoe-in for the playoffs, and they need to understand that. And I think tonight they just realized one thing. They're not going 82-0. and That's it. That's the only thing they realized. They're not going 82-0. and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I thought they were. I thought they were in eighty two and uh but now hey, I guess I guess they can't. But uh no, I think that um you're absolutely right. I don't think that we're gonna see that what we've seen in years past where they played down to the level of their competition because there's guys that want minutes, you know, the the competition is still on. I mean, especially at, at the two spot after Ben McLemore remained invisible last night. Uh, I, there's competition for these spots. Guys want minutes, and we have veterans. We have leaders, like you said. I loved Kron being on the floor. When he was on the floor, he he kind of kept them in it, like almost spiritually, if you will, uh, just by some of the plays that he made at the right time. And uh, so for all that talk about, oh, we're probably not even going to see Kron that much, uh, when he came out on the floor, man, he produced. He showed why, you know, he he's tough juice, and I really liked seeing that. So I don't think they'll play down, hopefully, you know, to the to the level of their competition. But uh, you're right. They didn't look necessarily like a playoff team last night either. They went off what's going to be probably a, a Western Conference Finals contender, you know, if not if not championship contender against the Clippers. And they got off to a horrible start, and they were still able to come back and take the lead. So those things were encouraging. Um, I get it. It's your first game together. And so there's going to be some slop. There's going to be some turnovers. They can cut back on those. I mean, imagine if they just had an average first quarter and not a disastrous first quarter like they did. They may very well have won this game. And so that was cool to see. Uh, And as far as, you know, not to harp on the guy again, but I'm going to. I'm going to because he kind of needs it. Ben McLemore, he was invisible. And then his post-game comments I did not like at all. Actually, hold on, Daniel. I think we actually we actually have it right here. So, so here we'll actually play Ben's comments right here. Um, I think I think we had a great intensity throughout the course of the games. Um, Luckily, we didn't get the win. But you know, it's only one game. We got a lot of more games, you know, ahead of us. So we got to continue to, you know, build on from from different games and stuff and uh, start off this game, bit off this game and then, you know, just work 
you know, what we got to figure out, what we got to do, you know, for this upcoming um, next game. How would you grade your overall performance tonight? Um, I'd say okay, you know, um, missed a couple shots early, but, you know, I try to, you know, get a rhythm as far as on the defensive end, you know, try to get some steals and deflections, little things like that, run the floor. Um, but you know, I think I played pretty good, though, pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, uh, your performance was solid. That's that's what Ben Ma- that's what Ben Mclemore said about his performance last night. And I'm just here to say that performance was not solid. That was not a solid performance. That's not a starting two guards performance. And you got five points, man. You got five points. Uh, to me, not not solid. Uh, but I think deep down he knows that he's going to continue to work. Uh, hopefully, he'll continue to get better. But uh, you know, hey, the clock's ticking, man. I mean. How how long until Bellinelli starts? I don't think yeah. Bellinelli's going to start at all. It's just to, it, he he fits that bench role. He's the guy that's going to come in here every night and just shoot the basketball. That's what they want him to do. He's unconscious about it. He has a very short-term memory. After he shoots one, he's ready to shoot another, whether he made it or whether he missed it. And every time he shoots, you think it's going in. It's almost like the Kings have J.J. Redick on their team. It's almost like the Kings are looking at a former page. I mean, he shoots the ball, and he doesn't need very much space to do it. So I, I love Marco Bellinelli off the bench for that reason. Another thing that sucks about Ben McLemore, though, is that they they were contemplating coming into this game if they were going to start James Anderson over Ben McLemore. And that that's where the question lies. He was invisible. He played very quietly. He, he played, I believe, 20 minutes. He had five points, a steal, and he had a dunk. He had a dunk and a three. That's it. He's not he's he's not gonna do yep. much. What he needs to make his presence known as is defensively, and he didn't. I don't I don't believe he did that in any way, and that's why he didn't see as much minutes as he probably should be going into his third year. So Ben McLemore, we're not hating on the guy. I just feel that this is at the point where we we don't know what we're gonna get. Night in night out, it's gonna be inconsistent. It's gonna be one another one of those years for McLemore. I hope it changes. I hope it does. But as of right now, it's going to be one of those years, and and Carl's not afraid to use his bench, whether that be James Anderson or, as we've seen, it's going to be Marco Bellinelli. And you're going to see lineups where it's Darren Collison at the two, Bellinelli at the three, or Caspi at the three. They're going to use their players the best best way possible. They have the tunnel vision of win-now mentality. And if Ben McLemore is a hurdle that they need to go over or or if that's someone they're just going to move to the side – they're going to choose to rather move it to the side than to figure out how to bring him over. So Ben McMore is kind of going to be strangling along until he finds a way to put his game together. And I hope it's soon. I want Ben McMore to have success. He seems like a very nice kid. He wants to he the way he works, his work work ethic shows that he he wants to be a good player in the NBA. But as of right now, he needs to find a way to put his the pieces of his game together so we can actually see what he can become. And as of right now, we just don't know. You pretty much said it. Uh, so one of uh, another thing I wanted to point out is so cool during the telecast seeing that, uh, Nancy Lieberman on the bench. I I thought that was super cool. Uh, I mean I know that she's been a part of the team and she's the second female assistant coach to be hired in the league. But uh, you know good good on the Kings for making that hire and uh, it was cool to see her. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean we harped on Ben McLemore, so probably kind of move on. Costa Kufos uh, looked so good, man. I uh, I was really impressed by that. And the thing that I really liked about him too, besides obviously his play, 
and uh, what he what he produces on the floor. He just seems like an intelligent player to me. Uh, there was a, a, a series of plays that they were kind of almost um, back-to-back where uh, Rajon fed the ball to Kufas, and, and Kufas was there. He was ready for it. He kind of knew, you know, as the play was developing what was going to happen. It really seemed like they were on the same page. And then once he did that, I was already thinking, like, okay, Kufas seems like an intelligent guy. He's able to read Rondo. They're kind of working well together. And then it might have been the next play down the floor, the one after, where it was vice versa, where Kufus uh, just gave a, a really good pass, gave the rocks to Rondo, and, and Rondo scored off of it. And watching those two play together, uh, it uh, it gave me the warm and fuzzies. So I'm like, man, Kufus. We're talking yeah. about warm and fuzzies off passes. That pass from Marco Bellinelli to DeMarcus Cousins, off that pass from oh, over yeah. DeAndre Jordan's fingers, that was that gave me the fuzzies. Like I'm telling you, that was that was nice. <laughs> I, I jumped for that one, especially yeah. seeing it in the replay of it. But we're we're winding down the show here, Daniel. The Kings till the next time we do the show, the Kings play the Lakers. They play the Clippers on Saturday. They face off against Memphis on Tuesday, and then Wednesday they play against Phoenix Suns uh, against the Phoenix Suns. So they have four games. They're they're now zero and one. By the next time we do this podcast, what do you think their record will be? They'll beat the Lakers. Uh, I think it'll be another tough one against the Clippers, but maybe they get them figured out. But uh, I'm just going to go with, uh, so now they'd be one and two uh, if they lose to the Clippers again. Um, and then I think they can get it done against Memphis and Phoenix. Hopefully. They'll be two and two. So then they would be, yeah, two and two. Well, three, uh, three and two. Because I've been playing, let's see, we got the Lakers, the Clippers, Memphis, and Phoenix, I think, all before our next podcast. And then, so hopefully, hopefully they get three, three of the next. I'm such a homer, man. I'm such a homer. I love the Kings. I love you, Kings. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, two and two or three and two. I, either way, I, I need I need a definitive uh, one. Three think, and two or two and two. Which one do you think they'll be? Well, how many games are they playing? So they are, they just played the Clippers. They're going right? back. They're, so both games they're are coming on back to back too. So they play the Lakers on Friday. Saturday yeah. they're playing the Clippers. They play yeah. Memphis on Tuesday. Yeah. They play against Phoenix on Wednesday. So there's going to be four games. They have a chance to be either right. three. You say three and two or two and two. I I I think that 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 well, Lakers no, they, game and that Phoenix be... game are going to be sleeper games. Like you don't know. I honestly, as much as I want to say those should be walkthrough games for the Kings, I think Phoenix has no depth. I feel Cousins can beast on Tyson Chandler when he needs to. Yeah. I don't think Markeith Morris, Markeith Morris and Costa Kufis will kind of, I think Keith has the advantage there, but point guard wise, Eric Bledsoe's nice, but can he carry this entire team with Brandon Knight next to him? I don't know. I think this the Kings are just more deep than the Phoenix Suns. The Lakers again the right. Lakers have potential pieces in certain areas, but they're still a very bad team. Uh, Memphis is a is a team that's going to be really tough. They're always tough. That's a game where Kufis is. I I I'm already projecting it is going to start against his former team. So and and those bad boys of Kufis or Randolph and Gasol against Kufis and Cousins is going to be it's going to be a fun one to watch. And the last time I watched a Memphis King Memphis uh, Sacramento game, uh, Zach Randolph threw two elbows to Demarcus Cousins' face. So I want that intensity back. So I. Oh yeah, we'll get it, man. We'll get it. That's gonna be that's gonna be a game where the big dogs are gonna eat. You know what I mean? So uh, that'll be that'll be cool to watch them bang and go at it. Uh, 
But you're right, man. Hey, there. To me, I mean, there really are no walkthrough games right now, unless they're taking on some crappy team in the East, and then you know, hey, you play the game because anything can happen. So I don't, I don't really consider any game necessarily a walkthrough. But hey, it, to me, the Kings are a better team than Phoenix, um, so they should win that game. It's not a walkthrough. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to earn it, but they should win that game. So by the time the Phoenix game is over, uh. I think they'll be. I think they'll be three and two. I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna say they're going to be two and three. I think Memphis has just like the Clippers. Memphis has been there before. They know how to close out games. It's gonna be a one that comes down to the last few minutes, and I think Memphis just knows how to get it done. I, I that's just I, I have it leaning that way just because of they they've been there before for Memphis. I think the Clippers is gonna be another hard one. They're gonna be in L. A. The Clippers are yeah. ready. The Clippers are hungry. They're a veteran-heavy team. They're hungry. They, Chris Paul wants to make it to a Western Conference Finals. He's never been there, not once. He's ready to go there with this Clippers team. So I know they're hungry and they're not gonna they're not gonna let down at all. They're playing right now, actually. So again, I, I by the time the Phoenix game ends, I think they're gonna beat the Lakers and they're gonna beat Phoenix. But those are the only two games they're gonna win. So I have them two and three by our next show, if I'm right. You have to sing a song on this show, Daniel. I don't know what it is yet, and I'll let you know after the Phoenix game overs. Do you take that well, bet? Oh man, well, what, what do I get? If I don't I'm know. Right? I guess I'll have to sing a song too. <laughs> man, nobody, no, nobody, nobody wants to hear us sing songs, man. I don't know. We'll come up with something, <laughs> but uh, for sure, the winner, whoever's right, she, whoever's right. She gets some kind of props, some kind of reward, and and maybe a little bit of humiliation for whoever's well, how about wrong. This? How about this? Um, if I'm right, we do this show on a Thursday. The next time you're down yeah. in Sacramento and we do the show on Thursday again, you have to treat me out to dinner at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, first of all, Buffalo Wild Wings sucks. All right. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right. We're fighting. We're fighting. All, We're fighting. Uh, yeah, We're fi- This hey. is a feud. Hey, my nephew, my nephew works there. I'll tell your and, nephew uh, I want the discount I, every day. <laughs> Thursday, sixty-five cent. Right, there we go. Discount. Hey. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, if uh, if if you win, then I'll I'll tell my I'll tell my nephew to give you a discount. Maybe uh, sneak you a free drink. No, he would never do that uh, because that would probably be illegal. But uh, in what, theory, what, what's his theory, name? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll, yeah, uh, his name is Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> but. If you if you win, then um, I'll buy some beers that we can drink in the parking lot. <laughs> How about that? We'll, we'll go get us uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm trying to save money, y'all. <laughs> you know, you know what I'll do for you. I'll bring, I'll I'll make wings in the house and then just bring you a six pack. You'd be like, hey, I and I'll, I'll put I'll put the wings that I made in a Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings box that I found in a trash can. Be like, these are from Buffalo. You won't even know the difference. You're you're welcome. Yeah, you know, if you go out and buy those, go out and buy those disgusting frozen Tyson brand chicken wings, they probably taste better than Buffalo Wild Wings. So, whatever. Hey, sorry, Buffalo Wild Wings, but step up your food game, man. There's just too much good stuff in Sacramento. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, that's the show. I don't think I have anything else to say. The Kings are going two and three. You have them going three and two. We want to hear your guys' thoughts. Use the hashtag CK Podcast. Let us know what you guys think. By the time the Phoenix game is over, five games will have been played. What will be the Kings' record? Let us know. Hashtag CK Podcast. Daniel, do you have any closing thoughts, arguments, discussions that you think we need to hit on before we hit end? Yes. Uh, Cousins, 
when he started the game. I thought he had to do a better job uh, when he gets double, triple teams. He has to make those passes and whatnot, and I was going to harp on him for it. But by the time the game was over, he started figuring it out, and that's what I like to see. So, hey, we've said this enough, so this is a big closing thought maybe. But uh, you know what? It was a loss, but it was a loss to a very good team, a championship-contending team. The Kings still found a way midway through the fourth quarter to come back, take a lead. I think there's a lot of good stuff to take away from here. Uh, it's just too bad that those first couple quarters, that first half, were so terrible. But it's a new team, people. They're figuring it out. They're learning each other. And I think it's only going to get better. So let's keep our fingers crossed, Kings fans. And uh, that's, that's my final thought, man. My final thought is this. One, the Kings aren't going 82-0. We all knew that. Sucks to lose the season opener, but you know what? There's 81 more games to go, and I'm excited for the entire season. Second, I have this game on DVR. So when I watched it, when I got home, the first thing I noticed was this. Shout out to managing editor Leo Bias. Great suit. Also, your head looks really shiny from the sky cam, and that's it. <laughs> so, so, Daniel, tell people where they can find you online. Find me online at Twitter. It's at Humbarger Daniel. And then um, find me on Instagram at Daniel Humbarger. And these are all one word, people. And then uh, if you want to do some of my comedy clips and get more interested in that side of my business, then uh, go to CapitalComedians.com. And I'll be back in Sacramento soon, be in studio. This stuff should be sounding more clear. But also, since I'll be back in Sacramento, start going to the Uli Theater every night or every Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, it's at 2007 28th Street. That's T and 28th downtown. Say Cowboy Kingdom at the door. You'll get two for one. And uh, go watch some funny funny comedy, man. It's the best comedians in Sacramento. We bring in folks from the Bay Area, Portland, L.A., Denver, wherever. Whoever happens to be in town, if they're good, normally they'll stop by and drop a set. So if you're into comedy, come check that out. That's where you can find me online. Uh, and then also sometimes... I'm I'm on uh, plentyoffish.com, but not right now. Not right now. Things are going pretty good. So yeah, right it. now he's on Tinder. So you can follow. You can follow. <laughs> Never. Never. You can, oh, is it Grinder? That's what it was. Grinder. Grinder. You're on Grinder. Sorry about that, Daniel. Got the G and the T mixed up. You know, Ben, don't be getting into my personal life, bro. You can follow. How would you know I'm on there unless you're on there? And what's wrong with being on Grinder? Sometimes you've got to meet a nice dude. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. At, you can follow you, me man. on Twitter at VM Center. Look for all of our stuff on CowbellKingdom.com, where we're giving you frontline coverage to the Sacramento Kings. Again, use the hashtag CK Podcast. Let us know what your projected record is going to be for the Sacramento Kings by the time that Phoenix Suns games ends next Wednesday. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans. Bye bye. closer look at unlimited data plans and you'll see they're not always upfront with their prices not at t-mobile 
Get unlimited data with taxes and fees already included. And right now, get four lines of unlimited data while on our network for just 40 bucks each per month with AutoPay. So go ahead, take a closer look, and you'll see nobody does unlimited like T-Mobile. Don't wait. Hurry into a T-Mobile store or call us at 1-800-T-MOBILE and switch today. Top 3% of data users over 32 gigs a month may notice reduced speeds. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.